Yesterday, March 17, was the feast day of one of my favorite saints of the church, St. Patrick. Hello, everyone. This is Rev. Brad coming to you from the Touchline. On today's episode, I want to tell you more about this amazing man and his story, maybe some things you've never heard and never realized before. We'll be back after this. Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in, and they have. He has the hat trick. The second in his career. The third of the night. The hat trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner. Goes towards the near post. And you're in the angle, and what a goal! What a goal! St. Patrick and St. Patrick's Day is well known. Maybe more so because a lot of people wear green and a lot of people tend to use the day as an excuse to drink a lot of beer. There are many local expressions. I live in Denver. We have a parade. Actually, it's been canceled this year. But there's parades in different cities every year. And the city of Chicago even has a tradition of painting the Chicago River green for the day. Different food vendors like to make a lot of corned beef and cabbage, as well as shepherd's pie, and there's Irish soda bread. Businesses like McDonald's churn out lime green shamrock shakes. I don't even know what that is. But there's usually seasonal promotions that are purported to be inspired by St. Patrick. But beer, parades, food, and other celebrations aside, there are a few other St. Patrick well-knowns, as I like to call them. Uh, first one is clover leaves and shamrocks. They're closely associated with Patrick as he was said to use the three leaf plant to describe the doctrine of the triune God. Irish lore states that Patrick is responsible for driving out all the snakes in Ireland, although it could be a reference to Druidic priests rather than the crawling beasts. There's also a legend about Patrick's walking stick cut from ash he would uh, take the, his walking staff and he would stick it in the ground when he would arrive at a village to teach. And they said it would usually take root by the time Patrick was ready to move on. Very fantastical, very much myth and legend. Well, there are more legends and stories surrounding Patrick and as with many things from ancient times, I think there's a wondrous mix of myth and mystery that makes some of the stories believable and unbelievable. But there's no question that Patrick had a profound impact on the nation and people of Ireland. The life of this enslaved boy returned to boldly and compassionately tell his captors of God's saving grace and love has had a huge impact, even to this day, in the legacy of faith for the island nation of Ireland. There are a couple other stories about St. Patrick that I want to share because they've had a significant impact on me, and perhaps they'll be an encouragement for you too. First, one of the ways that Patrick and his band would seek to serve people was that they would often be found accompanying the villagers on their daily routines. So whether they were harvesting crops in the fields, hunting game in the forests, or fishing in the rivers or other daily necessary life tasks, you would find Patrick and his companions going along with the people and blessing their endeavors. Patrick and his company would go and pray and ask God. They would say, Lord, let the rivers bring forth fish. Let the harvest be plentiful. Let the forest bring forth game so that the village might have food to eat. They would pray and bless those in the village that there might be a flourishing for life. I find this a compelling part of what I try to do as a chaplain for a football team, whether it's to be a presence at a game or a training session, whether to be there at a, a, an injury, a, a surgery, 
I pray a blessing as individuals, whether they're an athlete or a ticket salesperson, all of them are looking to earn a wage or, or looking to grow within this game and sport of soccer. It's, it's a business for many. It's a career for many. So many times during the games, I, I walk and I, I pray. Uh, if you ever see me at a game, that's probably what I'm doing. If you see me uh, by myself or on my own, I'm, I'm praying over the game and what's going on. And, and I have this habit too. I walk the stadium before, uh, before a game begins and I pray over even the fans. I pray for the children, the families. I pray for the supporters and those that are gathered. I pray for their safety. I pray for things like uh, that they might experience joy at watching the game. I pray that God might use somehow this game to reveal himself or draw people closer to him. One time when I was doing my typical pregame stadium walk, I remember I encountered a fan who stopped me. And this person asked me what I did for the team. And they were, you know, kind of looking at my credential and wondering who I was. And there I was in a in a suit and tie. Who who wears a suit and tie in, in summer in Colorado to a soccer game? Looking at my credential, and I explained, I'm the volunteer chaplain. Well, what does a volunteer chaplain do? Well, I explained, I, I pray with members of the team before games. I offer hospitality and encouragement and support to the families, and I'm there for the staff. I'm there in the difficult moments of life, and I'm there in the celebratory moments of life, you know, just kind of like a pastor or a minister, among other things. You know, I didn't go too much into it. Well, I told this person that, you know, in some ways, I'm even there to support fans, too. And I shared just a brief story or two of some ways I had done that in the past. And all of a sudden, this person started to open up, and they shared that they had recently moved to Denver. They said they didn't know anyone. They had come to the game today specifically in hopes of meeting some new people and developing some friendships. Well, as they went on to talk, they shared more of their story, why they had moved to Denver, job change, helping out with family. I realized that this person was carrying a lot. And so I just asked them, I said, do you mind if I pray for you? Like right now here and here on the stadium ground. And as I prayed, I prayed that this person might find friends, that the transition to Denver might go well, that all the reasons for moving and being here, that they would experience a peace and a resolution, and that they might just enjoy the game today. Well, that's just one way that I think kind of embodied what St. Patrick and his companions would do. They would just be amongst people, and they would bless their endeavors. They would listen to them and hear their hearts. And, you know, whether they were a basket weaver or, or fishing in the river or whatever they were doing, Patrick and his companions wanted to bless, bless them so that they might flourish and find God. I would even say Patrick uh, has really helped um, my understanding of how I pray even for games. Uh, this combined with my understanding of the Lord's Prayer. You know, when we realize that athletes and coaches and, and even staff are playing for contracts and their, their roles and positions are dependent upon winning games and achieving and having a level of success, well, in the way that we're commanded to pray for daily bread, and in the same way that Patrick would bless the streams and the fields and the forests, I, I often pray a blessing over the games that the team plays. Of course, I pray for safety and protection, but also that the team might achieve success and have wins. And I pray this way in accordance with God's will, not my own. 
And I've come to know that God uses it all. He uses the wins, the losses, the draws. He uses the injuries, the cup finals. He uses the national team call-ups. He uses the contract extensions and the waivers and the cuts. He uses all these things for his will and for his way, for working in people's lives and for his glory. One last story about St. Patrick. The Hill of Tara in Ireland is an ancient ceremonial and burial site. It was the inauguration site for the High Kings of Ireland. Well, when Patrick arrived at Tara, it was Easter Eve. And so he camped out on the Hill of Slain, which stood opposite the Hill of Tara. And Patrick lit a fire to keep vigil until Easter morning. You know, it's funny. God's timing is impeccable. There had been this decree throughout the land that that night was the eve of a a well-known Druidic festival. And there was a command that every fire in the land was to be extinguished and put out in order to prepare for it. So there was Patrick. You know, I don't know if he knew. I don't know if he was just trying to to stick it to the king and to the rest of the the crew. But there he was, fire ablazing. And so he was brought before the king. And I imagine that that was not uh, an easy time. I don't know how Patrick felt in that moment. His life certainly was in danger. In fact, King Lecaire tried to have Patrick killed. And for much of his life, he was, he was in this adversarial role with Patrick and his companions and their work. The king was trying to preserve, preserve the Druidic ways and the religion. And, and there's a story told that one time he sought to ambush Patrick and his party as they were going to leave Tara. But the would-be murderers never saw Patrick and his friends depart. They reported that they only saw a company of stags passing by them during their whole time of lying in wait. Well, to close our time, I want to read a prayer known as the Breastplate of St. Patrick or the Lorica of of Patrick. There are some different versions of this prayer, but this is said to have been a prayer that Patrick prayed as he faced many troubles in his work amongst the people of Ireland. He came up against a lot of opposition. A lot of times his life was in danger. I think this prayer can best be understood in light of Paul's admonishment in Ephesians 6.13, where he says, put on the whole armor of God. As I read this, I encourage you to hear Patrick's voice, not for its many words, but in the spirit of putting on the protection of God. You know, maybe uh, as I do this and as you listen, uh, maybe even Google up and look up, uh, you know, Patrick's breastplate in the prayer, um, and you can kind of follow along, maybe find this version that I've got. But maybe you consider this. What do you need protection for or from today? What part of your life do you need a blessing or a flourishing from God? Do you know that God loves to hear the prayers of his people? He is a refuge. He is a protection for us. He is a shield all around us. God can be a shield for you, for your family, for whatever situation or thing you find yourself in, whatever circumstance, if you will but simply pray and receive him. Well, the following is a version of St. Patrick's Breastplate as translated and adapted by Cecil Francis Alexander. I bind into myself today the strong name of the Trinity by invocation of the same, the three in one and one in three. I bind this day to me forever by power of faith, Christ's incarnation, his baptism in Jordan River, his death on cross for my salvation, his bursting from the spiced tomb, his riding up the heavenly way, his coming at the day of doom, I bind until myself.
today. I bind unto myself the power of the great love of cherubim, the sweet well done in judgment hour, the service of the seraphim, confessor's faith, apostle's word, the patriarch's prayers, the prophet's scrolls, all good deeds done unto the Lord and purity of virgin souls. I bind unto myself today the virtues of the starlit heaven, the glorious sun's life-giving ray, the whiteness of the moon at even, the flashing of the lightning free, the whirling winds, temptuous socks, the stable earth, the deep salt sea, around the old eternal rocks. I bind unto myself today the power of God to hold and lead, his eye to watch, his might to stay, his ear to hearken to my need, the wisdom of my God to teach, his hand to guide, his shield to ward, the word of God to give me speech, his heavenly host to be my guard. Against the demon snares of sin, the vice that gives temptation force, the natural lusts that war within, the hostile men that mar my course. Or few, or many, far or nigh, in every place and in all hours, against their fierce hostility, I bind to me these holy powers. Against all Satan's spells and wiles, against false words of heresy, against the knowledge that defiles, against the heart's idolatry, against the wizard's evil craft, against the death wound and the burning, the chalking wave, the poison shaft, protect me, Christ, till thy returning. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort and restore me. Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. I bind into myself the name, the strong name of the Trinity, by invocation of the same, the three in one and one in three, of whom all nature hath creation, eternal Father, Spirit, Word. Praise to the Lord of my salvation. Salvation is of Christ the Lord. Amen. This is Rev. Brad coming to you from the Touchline.